good afternoon to everyone. And thank you for choosing to spend your afternoon here with us. Um, for those who don't know, I'm Patricia Ogden-Faber and I do a podcast show to help people maximise property values. It's called Maximising Property Values and it's on all the popular platforms, Apple, Spotify, Google, Audible, etc. That, however, usually is a monologue. But I've now added a guest series and my guest today is Colin Davison. We are going to try to get to know Colin a bit more than we already do. So who is Colin? Colin is an entrepreneur. He's a faculty member of the Chartered Accountants and he's a property business advisor and a tax consultant. Colin, welcome to Maximising Property Values. But before we go into your main activities, we would like to get to know you better by you answering some questions which you don't know what they are. So I've got three, well, two and a half questions for you. So the first one is this. What's the most challenging thing that you've ever been asked to do for an accounting client? And the halfy bit to your questions is how did you deal with it? So over to you. Then once you've answered, I'll go on to your second question. Wow, the most challenging thing I think is uh, essentially is is the raising finance part. Um, it's also the most rewarding part. So um, I, I've been party to uh, some to small syndicate groups, um, up to about 30 investors in four in um, Eastern Europe. Romania being being one country, Bulgaria being another, and um, although the um, Poland um, as well. So the challenging, of course, is having to think outside the the the, the, the normal box in delivering uh, pure accountancy and tax work, and actually being able to assist those those clients and those syndicates um, have an established way to to find um, where where their investors are and. Um, that is, um, yeah, that, that's never um, always easy. But having to explain to someone what you know what properties there are, and having to trust someone that is um, with a large sum of money for something which they may not get to ever see, and um, you know, with with other risks that are attached to uh, to property investment. So, um, yeah, in in terms of uh, um, accounts. Um, I, I guess the, the, the stuff that I do every day, uh, we, we've the, the challenges over the years become become less so. Um, my challenges uh, in, in are uh, more personal, uh, I suppose, than uh, than 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 uh, um, pure accounting and tax work. But uh, there has been some challenging investigations and sitting in front of uh, uh, tribunals to represent taxpayers and so that's there's been elements of those and they've certainly had an element of challenge too and uh, where I wish I was more more of a lawyer at times Peter to be able to make sure you've got the papers in order and, and you've got your evidence that support your uh, your clients actions or inactions to uh, what they're being what they're being faced with so there's certainly been challenges of that nature as well. Wow um, thank you that that actually sounds to me, quite stressful, because even when I practiced at law, and I used to go to tribunal all the time, every single time that I um, sat in front of, like, you know, the chairperson, I would be beset, like, with nerves. And I found it very stressful. I did it. It was my job. But I can't imagine somebody who's not, you know, legally trained and who doesn't do it that regularly actually you know coping with it so you know kudos to you you know well done um okay so it, but how do you actually did it make you nervous did you did, did did it stress you out if so how did you actually overcome you know any nerves and or stress that's if you experienced that at all yeah the second question is redundant because the first one is i i guess i um i don't think i I'm immune to stress, but I don't maybe don't recognise it, or it's not something which is um, um, concerns me. I, you know, you can only do what you can do um, at each stage as well as you can, and uh, you have control over yourself. 
and uh, stress is probably uh, my view of feeling of of not being in control and therefore if you uh, you know what you can do yourself and know what you can do is is positive and supportive then then stress doesn't really come into it uh, i guess um that's 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 my view um one yeah i mean to manage what i do manage most people would go that's something which is quite uh, quite scary um you know most most recent um acquisitions and the first time ever that i've got a second charge on, on my home you know for, for a lot of people having um you know 75% of of their total uh, property value which for me is probably the first time since probably first time ever, and not even the the first house I bought had that that a higher debt. And when the the value of the property is, goodness, dare I say, um, twenty times my first home um, was probably bought for, then um, that amount of debt at seventy five percent is 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 quite a, a significant figure. And uh, the, the conversations we had this morning about maybe the uh, the good times are at some point going to end. Of course they are. Uh, so nothing lasts forever. Um, yeah, that, there is probably elements that most people would find that quite stressful. And I just would take the view that uh, you do what you can. Every step you make is a positive one. And um, you, you uh, it, it is what it is. Stress shouldn't be part of what you shouldn't affect you. Wow, that is mindset. And that is evidence, to my mind anyway, of a very, very strong mind. Because my middle name is stress. So when people ask me what my middle name is, and I say, I don't use one, they probably can't see into my head to see that I'm just laughing my head off thinking, if I actually told you that, you know, the, the name that I've named myself, middle name is stress, they, they, they'd really think that I was going crazy, but so good, you know, good for you. Okay, great stuff. Now, um, so your second question, slightly different, but we are going to come back to some of the things that you've spoken about, because it's all about, you know, people getting to know you because I know that you've got so much that you can offer people. And sometimes when people get to know you a little bit better, they feel a little bit more confident about reaching out and actually seeing what you can offer them that can help their journeys, that can help their businesses. So I'm hoping that we can get to show a little bit more about you. And you've given me so much in that first answer. I can't but come back to it. So I'm going to park it for a moment and then I'll come back to it in a little bit. But second, your second question, well, your, your, well, your two and a half, that one, is what's been the happiest time of your life and what brought it about? So again, actually, that's another question and a half. So I guess you've got three questions. So what's been the happiest time of your life, in your life to date, and what brought it about? happiest time for me wow i i, I love the questions and uh the, how they can uh, presented i i think um i mean who's not going to answer that that is not uh child related um so i think um i don't think i will be any any different in in um answering that but obviously in my case it's the, those four happy times rather than maybe some other people only have experienced one or two in their life um so yeah, that my my move my move to 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 hook um, first proper um, sized house and um, and uh, yeah with with two children and the third one was 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 being planned that was certainly a very happy time and uh, the, those good days of of traveling on, on business and uh, I was building the business uh, up that was a really exciting time for me uh, with uh, Cranley's going going from strength to strength and employing uh, people in the background to, from day one to, to do uh, support me with with some of the tasks that I had to do um, at the same time was working in um for, for i remember one uh, within a few months of moving to that location i was back in the days of having financial contracts um where you i i managed to sort of bridge the gap between a, an audit finance and, and tax role that's uh don't know how it kind of existed but it was really quite interesting for me um working a stone's throw from uh, Zaventum airport so it was a, a fairly long morning commute uh on a monday 
um, sometimes on Sunday evening via plane, train, or or I'd eventually do that by car. And the nice thing about it, of course, uh, in those days was the, the the tax system was so much kinder for contractors. And uh, yeah, there's got to be a, a happiness element to being some financial. And the, the the nice thing about financial is I was able to put 10k for, for somebody at in the mid twenties, been to put ten k a month aside against their their, their much larger mortgage, and um, I probably before I started my property portfolio, within a year or two of that that happening, uh, my my debt on my main home was back was down to zero. So I've gone from a completely different position I am today, and but that was my before I started properly in property investment. I had two two properties at that point, um, but it wasn't really a proper s- setup. So prior to two thousand um, yeah, I, I paid off that mortgage and uh, and was very comfortable, happy position to be at. Wow, wow, even more. So you've gone from not having a mortgage at all to having a second charge on your on your home and having a 75% loan to value debt ratio on your home. Now, okay, without giving, you know, to, you know, any specifics that you're not comfortable giving, can you just share with us the motivation behind, you know, moving from, you know, one end of the scale, which is like zero debt, to where you are now, and how that might actually help other people who might be thinking about, doing a, a similar thing obviously you know we're not saying people should go and do it but you know if they're thinking about it and they want to go and get you know further professional advice or you know think about it a bit more is there anything that you can say that helped you through that process that you think might also help other people yeah lots of uh, components to this and so if i can address them all um yeah I, i'm I've always been someone that has been very cautious and I think that um, um, the situation that I started out with was obviously wanting one of a safety net and wanted to make sure that my my home was very safe and as the um, properties have um, developed and as opportunities are there and as I got more confidence in in the marketplace and uh having a multiple income stream really is important behind this so that by having more properties by having more clients by having you know a greater number of smaller transactions you have less risk uh, risk is about variability in your returns um when you study the subject it's measured in something that you if you anyone did uh a level maths uh you would have come across the concept of standard deviation which is basically the movement around a normal figure an average figure and um, you want to try to to reduce that and the best way of reducing it and uh, having the word portfolio theory is that uh, you have 20 or more properties 20 or more income streams um, you will never have anything which is dominating so by having a more established portfolio and a more um, robust and much less risky one you you are able to take greater debt levels so um, because you have less variability in your return. So I was actually in a much riskier scenario back then because I had one contract. My jobs were very um, short and part of my life. Um, so I had one contract. Um, admittedly, I had, a uh, at that point, probably 30 to 40 accountancy clients that uh, um, you know would have had a, a background income of a, of a similar figure in, in thousands, but um, which in itself wasn't... Um, insignificant but certainly wasn't a, a big a massive driver to, to, to things and uh yeah so to, to answer your question that you've just got to look at over, overall position and you know you the quicker you move into one source of income and you know, people that only have a handful of hmos handful of buy to lets they are in a much riskier position than somebody that's got a, a bigger portfolio because of that that uh, that scenario so that is really where the the change happened and i was always a big advocate for telling people that and but i was also the, more cautious than than my my words to encourage people to do other things were sometimes a lot more cautious than i was as a person um but yeah having a portfolio really really matters because it enables you to springboard future opportunities which otherwise would not be possible okay so great that you are now taking your 
own advice. So you've been advising people to do this for years, but now you are doing it yourself. Um, now, I, I'm, I'm a laggard in, in a sense, because yes, I, 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 <laughs> I know I have achieved a lot, but um, I've been very much a laggard to achieve that. I can assure you, I, I was promoting that's you know an accountancy system which is fantastic and it, i knew for well i would moving on to it but boy did i not want to have that headache and that uh, chore so it took me five years before i moved over to it so yes I'm, i eventually follow my own advice wow um so when you talk about variability and you know and and it makes perfect sense even though I didn't do A-level maths and I hate figures, so I'm not a figures person at all. All of that made perfect sense to me. But so when people have, say, 20 or more properties, so you do mean 20 or more properties or do you mean 20 or more letting streams? Because say, for instance, somebody's got, let me think, say somebody's got a 10 room HMO, and they've got two of those, they will have 20 sources of income per month. Or do you actually mean if, say, like, you know, they're an HMO um, um, person, they should have 20 of those? Yeah, what is it that you would have to advise? Yeah, I mean, the portfolio theory is such that it can be 20 sums of income streams. So it doesn't have to be put. Uh, properties it doesn't have to be assets it could be um you know a number of different number of sources of things that you could be a a trader and and have uh, 20 pitches in which you sell your um fish and chips in a van um than versus versus one that you so it, it can mean different things depending on what business you're you're doing it doesn't necessarily mean uh, 20 properties obviously in the context of a buy to let investor that earns only from uh, renting their own properties then it would mean 20 different properties but um you could be um someone who does um rent to rent and uh you could rent out to uh you know four four properties with five bedrooms in and that will then uh, achieve your your 20 that way great stuff so would you then add to the number 20 um another factor say for instance um you know, diversity. So um, if somebody has 20 HMO rooms, let's say, for instance, would you say that they are, um, that, 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 that they're able to mitigate the risks in their business? Or would you advise that they have maybe a minimum of, I don't know what the number might be, different strategies within their portfolio? Because, um, um, I'm thinking maybe that might be a good idea, but you know, I don't know. I'm not I'm not a numbers person. And I'm just wondering if you can maybe help people and myself actually included by you know sharing your thoughts on this with us. Yeah, I mean diversity is an interesting component because obviously if you keep going for something new, then the danger of so so this is really um classic sort of GCSE business studies at what point does a, should a business diversify um it is obviously to, to reduce risk reliance upon one industry sector it could be diversification in terms of uh, being in one geographical area it could be diversification in terms of you know if you've got um 18 buy to let properties maybe your next one should should be an hmo or a or a holiday let or a, or a service accommodation um so I mean, obviously, you've got to weigh that up with learning something new and the stress value that you may have in terms of adopting that and integrating that into your existing processes. And, and more importantly, your management time. There's only one of you and you can only exchange your your time for uh, for so many um, service hours to support other people. And um and that is essentially where where I've been very much uh, focused on and I do realise that, uh, you know, I've always, always wanted to ensure that anything I do is an absolute minimal impact on my time. Um, and that's where, you know, diversification, you know, will, will be something you need to, to, to manage carefully. Otherwise, you'll end up being a very busy, busy fool, maybe a very wealthy one. But if you spread yourself too thinly, then you don't always, you know, it's not always a very good message to send out to someone. But uh, diversification as, as a whole, um, you know, should should work and, and uh, needs to be there. But it's not going to be for everybody. <laughs> a very rich fool. <laughs> 
that that is still making me chuckle um so colin you, is this a service that you might be able to offer people so oh and by the way um i'm not able to pin your links i don't know if you're able to i don't know if there's something to do with my with my system um so if you're able to do please uh, pin it um so you know people in the room today we are getting to, to listen to Colin Davison and he has so much to offer. Um, hopefully we'll get a link um, in a moment, um, but if not, I will read out some of his um, social media handles um, to you so that you can actually go and um, visit them yourself. I do have a problem, I think, actually, with my, with my, with my setup because it's not allowing me to pin anything literally apart from my stuff but I shall carry on trying um so um so yeah is this something where you can actually offer people assistance because you know lots of people hear things and people I think and quite rightly so um feel that, that perhaps they don't have all of the information and or knowledge to actually do it themselves and that is when they reach out to other people who who do have the information and the knowledge and and the time to actually help them either through mentorship or 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 just you know having a chat with them or meeting up with them or having dinner with them you know whatever it is that you know people choose to or however people choose to actually spread um, and share their expertise so how would you do that Colin First of all, do you offer that kind of assistance? And if you do, how can people reach you if it's something that they need in their businesses? Yeah, so yes, we do. Um, and to, to, to reach me would be, uh, um, listening on a podcast, you want me to ping on this, um, is essentially to uh, take a note of my, my, my mobile number and, and, uh, or email address. I'm ashamed to admit that the, the, um, the, the, the focus on, on a website has not been high up my priority list to, uh, to, to create, recreate it, having, um, um, had it before. Um, and, uh, someone decided to, uh, to, um, muck around with the settings. So, uh, we, we don't, we don't have currently a practice uh, website which i'm ashamed, ashamed to admit so um effectively you can st you can reach me very easily through through a landline of uh, uh basis okay so 01256830000 and uh that's uh, can be picked up by various people um Sorry, and can you just repeat that yeah um, I could ping the link up on top to my uh, social handles, but uh, you were, oh, and I can I can now do that with the mod status. So um, yeah, so um, let me um, do that in a, in a in a in a short while. But um, yes, we and how how do we help people? Well, essentially, uh, there is 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 a call the time with me. What you like? Some people uh, have a package that is. Um, only one meeting and then they choose to meet up with me and go out for lunch or something like that and then they can get a, an insight to what they do other people would like a more formal f format of having quarterly or a monthly meeting to connected with anything from tax accounts business direction anything could be called consulting um, and I don't really like to call it you know, mentoring or training because obviously those things are offered by others and in a much more formal capacity it's a it's a soundboard and a soundboard that is a very open and honest response and saying look i think you could do better in this by understanding someone i do offer a psychometric testing which again also helps me pinpoint somebody's strength um which uh, you know which is obviously sometimes they don't always know um and more importantly and the biggest thing I, I think I offer is um, the ability for um, someone to be inspired and, and help them in a direction. What I what I have is a limit on what I've done. What I've got a much bigger open book on is what other people are doing. Now, obviously, there's an element of thinking I can't obviously share business confidential matters, but equally, there's a lot of generic things that I learn from other people doing what they're doing. And it's only um, there, you know, those those concepts and ideas are, are um, 
uh, cannot be uh, patented and, and nor would necessarily anyone want to to uh, to refer to that but um yeah so i i can i can share best practice with with others which i think is a really um, useful way for people to to learn yeah there's my image getting a landlord show uh with receiving a an award from uh craig one of the first uh big brother things and also a fame a well-known landlord met him at a few uh screw fix events in the last uh last few years actually in in farnborough but uh Ooh. yes okay great stuff so uh, you know for people who are going to be listening to this on the podcast um you can also reach colin so his instagram username is colin c-o-l-i-n dot a for apple dot davison d-a-v-i-s-o-n um and his linkedin profile is once you get to linkedin you just want Colin Davison, all one word. So um, www.linkedin.com forward slash Colin Davison. So Colin, let's go back to um, you having clients in Romania and um, some of the other, you know, Baltic countries and, you know, countries not, you know, outside of the UK. How do you, how are you finding all the AML sorry, anti-money laundering um, uh, rules and regulations, you know, relating to, to kind of like, you know, dealing with um, foreigners. Well, I guess they, they, they apply to people in this country. But, so but these, yeah, so, so these are all investors which are either UK or Irish investors. Um, the way the Irish in, um, accountants work is, is something which I really uh, adore and I'd like to replicate here. It's very, very common for every um, Irish accountant to effectively running an investment club. Um, and that I do like that kind of that kind of concept. So it's very different to how things operate in the UK. Um, but that's where the AML checks are being carried out with. And, and uh, but the, the investments themselves, the actual uh, properties, obviously, are being handled through through solicitors in in those countries and they they're making sure that what we're buying plots of land um they are who they are who they say they are those activities i have to say although there's something i was doing at the time they, they, they i don't have any of those at this nickets inv- investing in large offices in cities around the uk for conversion for student accommodation etc but uh, nothing at this point that is overseas that kind of era has has dropped off ah okay and just before we kind of like you know park that to one side if, you know it, it, for the benefit of people who might not know what an investors club is can you just you know d- just clarify that a bit yeah so, you know, so, people... so essentially it's it's, like, it's just a syndicate where you get to people together um, it's a network that accountants in, in very using it um island is um, they have um, a good example, you know, a good example of that where you effectively group together people with with money, and um, you put you put to see where um, um, we, you know we put together what um, what they're looking for from an investment, and then you look at opportunities that that, ad- that address that, and um, um, it's, it's nothing more than than, than, a, than a club highlighting opportunities and then when people have then got the opportunity that's right then they then um, you know then they put together a company um, that everyone becomes an investor in that company and uh, invests invest in that in that property opportunity great stuff so again just to reiterate if people want to get in touch with Colin people on the podcast, there is a phone number that you can use and it's 01256830000. So coming back to multiple income streams. Oh, now we all love to hear that. What at the moment in the UK, so we are uh, recording this in March of 2022, what of the property strategies, so you know, p- putting the, your other businesses to one side, just looking at properties. Um, what and which of them in the property strategies are you more in favour of today? 
if you can just maybe like tell us two that you think are um you know good strategies to be considering and why you think they're good strategies to be considering thank you yeah and i'm being an advocate for um least effort maximum reward and because the reason I, because of that is that uh, i value and still want to continue and um you know with with my with my accountancy work and uh, that's always been a, a number one criteria i never wanted to to um take away that that component of time that i spend with my clients providing that so so therefore those um the, like the strategies at the moment um obviously subject injuries that that could happen the number one would therefore be uh, accommodation opportunity for people and um um the second would be the uh, you know the hmo which is again the, the old concept of a portfolio you can get a, a multiple number of client number of tenants with with a relatively smaller investment in the one property so um that is the the two that i would be saying are are good to go for and of course those are two opportunities that you could do with uh, the idea of a of, of a rental um which is um you know rent rent to rent as a, as an opportunity so that would be um a, you know a, a key key criteria for it to, to and they're both both higher incomes because uh, let's face it the 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 number of um squeezes on on a on a return for for an investor particularly if the investor was investing in in own name um are um are are, are ever increasingly challenging for, for investors to, to work with so you have to look at higher income opportunities anyway so those two fabulous now um i i well i think i know that um, service accommodation is considered to be a business by um, um hmrc are there any arguments that you see that hmo people might be able to put to HMRC, you know, in the near future to say that running an HMO is also a business and not a property investment, um, as um, HMRC likes to put all property uh, investors um, into. Yeah, very, very interesting question. I know at what point does uh, does it, does any, I mean, it is, it is bizarre in the sense that in order to incorporate you need uh uh the tax uh lawyers out there have been informed that you know we can run six properties and that then is deemed to be a business and for the purposes of incorporating your business you're you you, you uh, you're able to qualify that so you can have six by by to lets and yet you could have a a property with six residents in it in six different rooms and it doesn't qualify to be the same um so that is um you know uh, utterly bizarre so um yeah what what you know obviously uh, what is trade versus investment it comes down to, to time it comes down to uh, um your share of your um activities and and uh, and profits regarding that and um and obviously how how easy it is to earn with without putting um you know the components of a decision making to it and uh you know running a holiday let business which involves uh meeting and greeting and uh you know swimming pool maintenance whatever uh, it would be would be a would be a trade you've got uh, activities going on um i guess it's also about the um the transitions so you know it's um how often does people come and go and you can easily have uh is it would it be fair to say that somebody had five rooms and someone stays in an average of six months is is that really uh, a lot of uh, time that it should be taking um versus not so i think it's a, an interesting component i i suspect um the way that we will probably see whether either, if, if the government was concerned about the rise in the sda market but doesn't clearly want to be harming uh, hotels or others that, that we will possibly see uh, an increase squeeze on on taxes in respect of um um in respect of those um you know, the, 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 the the squeeze on hmos as well um you know but uh, anything which is 28 days or or less will be deemed to be a service because it's uh, providing short-term accommodation and um and anything above that it's that so i i, I wouldn't um 
at this point. Um, given, given the legislation is so tightly defined, isn't it? The, the argument for trying to um, present something else would would be uh, a little bit fruitile to, to mention. Right. Okay. Well, um, you know, people like me will always live in hope. Um, <laughs> and I think there's a part of me that's actually looking forward to having an argument with HMRC. But, you know, uh, uh, who knows? Perhaps, you know, let sleeping dogs lie. Um, so you spoke now about incorporation. Now, that is also a service that you offer to people who um uh, want to move their portfolio from their individual names into a company are you able to you know tell us a bit more about it not not so much you know everything that you know makes it work or or might make it work but you know just just a little bit to to enable people to understand what the issue is um how this may uh, uh, resolve that issue and you know what um, roadblocks um, might be, um, you know, in the way of 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 the whole thing um, altogether. Thank you. Yeah. So the so the um, yeah the, the the since 2016, you know, with when stamp duty had a premium, we, you know, there are there are a number of uh, uh, tax issues which are making it more challenging for for an everyday investor. And, and Section 24 that was introduced. Um, uh, that time we we have a um an, a, a situation whereby the uh, income to which you're you're taxed on is um essentially taxed on on a higher figure than the cash flow that you're 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 generating. So a deduct, you know, you're not fully deducted for for the interest that you've in, incurred when it is in your your own name. Or when it and it's a residential property, for um, for a for a commercial property, or when it's in a commercial vehicle like a limited company, um, those those uh, criteria, those rules do not do not apply. So therefore, that for a lot of people, it is appealing and attractive to be either initially set up as a limited company and pay a small premium on your interest in the first place, um, or look at incorporating from having your net from your own name into a limited company going 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 for that so um that's something which um the transition generally is that you you have a you have a partnership or an llp that is going from from your own name to the partnership through a deed of trust which is a, a document that, that kind of indicates that I'm, I'm that the, the beneficial interest is transferred from from your own name to to that new new entity and then provided there has been at least two two tax years and other people in the past have said three um you then um can then incorporate into a limited com- a new fresh limited company and uh, the the various reliefs uh, at each of those two stages, from own name to to partnership, from partnership to limited, uh, mean that your stamp duty exempt and your capital gains tax exempt. Effectively, the gain that you're making on those transfers is then rolled into your shares. And until you sell those shares, you will not be releasing that that gain. Um, that does mean that you can equally sell the sell the properties, um, and, um, and those properties would then be assessed on the the incorporation value that was that was set on that on that day of that company being incorporated, and anything a bit like with probate, you're resetting the the clock on on the potential gain and, uh, and and growth. So that is um yeah in a quick nutshell how things yeah the process behind it uh, and the benefit there therefore going going long term is that you can then facilitate and have um fully fully relieved um deductions for for the interest that you're you're suffering and in the case of some of myself that I you know, there would be a, a figure of cash flow being being a figure um let's call it a and then you might have your you're being assessed on um in my case it was is three times that so it would it was very very um obvious that anyone that was incurring that in in any shape or form would be 
paying tax on a figure greater, and in my case far greater, than the cash flow which it otherwise would be would be generating because it was it was always reasonably highly geared in order for me to facilitate and get the the growth from the portfolio and also fairly high geared in that because the flats that were purchased certainly in this area were, that were relatively new um, some of which were bought through repoed never really went up in value um, and even the, you know uh, so therefore there was always a uh, um, a crunch point is that uh, the, the monies that were generated from from a trading activities were, were going into deposits to, to, to fund the portfolio, but the portfolio was never really repaying it back in, in capital and was only effectively repaying it through through income. Hence the reason why I also move, need to move to short-term accommodation because that was one quick way to uh, facilitate and, and look at higher returns to also counter that those tax issues. So, um, yeah, that's that's been a big, big part of uh uh, of the the, the, trans, the transaction so hope that's um given a bit of an insight probably not completely answered if you've got any more uh, substance well no that's actually that's that's no I, I think most people who've listened to that will understand it completely so when you say section 24 that's section 24 of the finance act 2015 isn't it that came into effect in 2017 i think um and um but you know what? Just listening to you, you literally took me back to my to my tax lawyer days, and I'm and I was thinking, do you know what? There are so many opportunities for tax planning in this, so many opportunities. But obviously, I don't practice tax anymore. Um, but it just sounds so exciting. And you know, like you say, how can you be paying tax on three A when A is is the income that's coming in? That is that's a recipe for, for for bankruptcy or insolvency um so yeah it um yeah some things are just you know complete no-brainers um so again you know this is a service isn't it that you offer to people um so again you know just to um remind people um if you if you didn't write the number down and you're listening on the podcast and i hope you've got a pen and if you haven't got a pen go and get one after this because we will repeat this number again and you will have another opportunity to write it down. But if you have got a pen, um, the number is 01256 830000. And that is a number on which you can contact Colin if you want to have a discussion with him about how you might be able to um, you know, look at what you're doing and make it a bit more tax efficient. Um, so, Colin, uh, we've spoken about a number of ways in which you can actually help people and, and in which you actually do help people. Are there any other ways that you can assist? This is mainly a, a, pro a property thing, but, you know, anyone really um, where you can actually assist them um, that we haven't already spoken about. And also, I'd like you, if, if you can and if you can think of any, to kind of like you know throw out two maybe tips for property investors as to what they can do in order to um streamline their taxes and you know make their businesses more tax efficient okay i will come up with the two tips first can help so um i think being organized is is a really really important component because we all like to um nobody um including myself wants to spend time putting figures together and understanding what you've paid for when it wasn't you know in back in the, the distant past um so therefore i pretty much the any any system out there offers an online system direct from your bank and then it's something which can be looked at um, really randomly in different times of the the day, of the week, and uh, easier for you to recall what you've what you did a couple of days ago. Because if you're like me, when you if you did it monthly, then you forget what you did last month, and uh, it becomes more of a challenge to to get those processes done. So make sure you you are organised for your for your finances is is the number one tip. And two is really know yourself. I mean, the, the, we you know, not many uh, um, I've dealt many accountants that are very strong and support and understand 
human psychology and um, psychometric tests are a, a key component to understanding people. And I don't necessarily roll roll those out for people to sort of as, a, as a, an onboarding process behind supporting people. But I I can get a lot from 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 to people generally about what their hopes fears and uh, and their strengths are um, to deliver and, and and focus you know therefore on your strengths because um, no one can take that component away from you and the more you become a niche provider in amongst a team um, the prouder you, the, the more you begin doing anything that you love and enjoy and you won't be doing things that you don't enjoy and hopefully you find a team that people are doing things which they also love and enjoy. And then you've got a, a very happy team and also a very successful team. So um, those are the two components to what I wish to to, to, to highlight as, as a tips. And as to services, for, I mean, we, I, 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 again, about being efficient in time, I, I like to be offering services which effectively are there for people's, um, you know, comfort and value that we we do the bog standard pouring stuff that other accountants do, which is getting numbers generated for people and ensuring that their taxes are are made in an efficient manner. And that is uh, what we always will do as our focal point. I don't want to be um, you know singing and dancing and offering something which would then require a big component of my time i i can personally can but i but i've also got to limit my my time and obviously um partly be, being in business was to not exchange my time for money and if i was to be too niche and specialist and not bog standard and um providing a a volume of support for people that want 99 percent of what we do then it would start to fall on to my time and then guess what i would then not be able to provide that service and support that i would want to do having said that there you know i i and i can only do one per day given the locations i often to go to although it can be one portfolio per day if it's uh, several properties in one location is i, I do a couple of ounce surveys so at one point i was uh, going to be registering for for as an rix associate it's something which you can uh, anyone could do i actually would encourage people to do it um a bit like if you know it's probably a stage above being an associated of, of landlords um, you know if, if you value property management either commercial or residential then why not go and be become an associate of ricks because not everyone can do it based on what background or qualification they've done before it but it was certainly an opportunity that i was uh, going to to do um instead obviously follow the sort of standard books um that uh, accountants can follow in doing um attack uh, capital announce surveys so that is inspecting uh, properties generally all of these have been for for holiday and short-term accommodation use and uh, to value what com- integral features are in in a property with a view to to um, ensuring that they are measured correctly and recorded and banked and uh, yeah logged logged against the uh, a respective purchase and respect and uh, of 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 a, of a property and um, yeah those that's the possibly the biggest thing I do but I, I just love to to support and people in, in any shape or form and uh, um, there aren't many people that don't get come away and thinking well that was good value uh, you know helping people in a direction in a new business that's uh, or or an existing business that's a bit stuck or a big component is people that have done something got something of value and really want to maximize their their sales potential i i wrote um um, several books and admittedly some, a lot of them haven't got published for a reason of me trusting people to do it at the time um publishers but i've but but one was called sold and uh you know the number of people that um sell businesses by almost selling to their competitor or selling to a me too of someone who's in their position 20 years ago and they sell to the next person to do that and they, they're never going to really they get their properties they get their businesses sold or their um but they don't really get their full full value um and really when you look at where maximum in, um, values from a from a business is it's about um people that are um um, selling businesses in related um, activities um, so not a direct competitor but maybe if you're a supplier in a school of of books and you may be a suitable acquirer to your business maybe the sell at the the uh, a supplier of of 
sports equipment to schools um, because um, you know there, there is then the opportunity for diversification, same client base, and and it becomes much easier to 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 do that. And the same thing can apply to to um, to, to property businesses as well. So yeah, that's that's another area which I I'm a keen advocate for for people maximising their 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 potential. Back to you. Thank you. So you've you've mentioned a number of times that you do these psychometric tests. Is there any particular one that you favour? Because there are a few of them out there. And, you know, whether or not they differ from one to the other, um, I don't know. But, you know, is there one that you particularly like? And if there is, you know, can you tell us about it? You know, if it's free, if, if it's chargeable, and if so, you know, roughly how much and why? you prefer that particular one to all the others that might be on the market uh, the one i favored the one i started out with originally came across uh when we first um well, a year or two after we first met patricia which was on on a site called academy um met up with uh thomas power in, in farnham and uh we've uh um, been you know um, followers of each other supported his business uh for way way back um and it's been one that's kind of stuck with me um, that myers-briggs is something which is also very good it's free um uh, wealth dynamics is there's a small charge uh, associated with that but you can actually identify the different there's eight profiles and and you can probably um um be um um yeah, an, an offer of, uh, um, uh, sorry, I'm getting sidetracked there. Um, yeah, essentially there, there are there are chargeable services out there, but you can identify your, yourself or other people can can talk about the different components and um, uh, go go from there. Um, but so yeah, I wouldn't be uh, wouldn't be signing up to to any big fees to to understand how you are, and uh, sometimes you can uh, identify yourself relatively easily. Thank you. So, uh, you know, people in the room, if you want to click on uh, Colin's link um, to find out, you know, a bit more about what he does, you know, please do so. Um, it, it's It's been, for me anyway, fascinating, you know, hearing about, you know, some of the reasons why certain things are done. So, for instance, I wasn't aware that, you know, HMRC um, uh, says that if you have six buy-to-let properties, then you can be treated as a business. So, you know, we live and we learn. And I, I just love what, you know, Colin has shared today. But, you know, for people who are at home with their pens and pencils ready, phone number, phone number for Colin, 01256 830000. And, you know, Colin, I, I really just want to thank you for for being here for sharing what you have shared with us regarding the podcast if you like it you know please do review it and please do subscribe um and if you don't like it again please let me know any feedback is always good so um i welcome you know any any comments that you might have and you know on that note i literally want to say you know colin thank you very much for being um, you know here with us Next week, we've got another colleague of mine, Louise Felstead. So again, you don't want to miss what she's going to be saying. Um, and, you know, I just want to wish everyone a very, very happy day.